At the end of this age, when the enemy is dealt with, the Bible says one angel is going to come and cast him into the lake of fire. We're going to look at him and go, that's it. That was him. And so today I want to take what you've just seen from these videos and the specials and that you've seen that Jesus paid such a final cost. When he said, it is finished, he meant the old covenant, the old agreement between God and the human race. And so this new agreement that Jesus made when John the Baptist saw him walking towards him in the crowd as John the Baptist was baptizing people, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. He didn't say, behold, the King of Kings. He didn't say, behold, the Son of God. He, a lot of other titles he could have used. He said, behold, the Lamb of God, the very symbol that had diverted punishment and curse for thousands of years. In the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says God brought them skins. He literally had made the first sacrifice of animals and, and covered their nakedness with skins and he diverted the judgment. If we could just understand that what Jesus did on the cross and was so final that all curses were diverted, all punishment was diverted, that everything in your past and your future was laid on Jesus as the lamb of the whole world. And that every generation from 2,000 years ago that would ever be born in every lineage, in every color of skin, in every language, that it was a done deal. If they would believe on him, they would receive it. And when you believe or you receive this Jesus then you become something, the potential, the power that is available to you, that is within you. It, it, it transcends anything that anyone has really lived to the, to the full. Most people, they spend their lives trying to prove themselves. We try to prove ourselves to our brothers and our sisters and siblings and to our peers in the business that we're good at, to the people that are around us, to our spouse, to our friends. If you, if you really think about it, you'll notice that you, there's this continual quest that the human race has that we get caught up in just to prove to you how good I am, just to prove to you I'm good, I'm good. And this search for significance will take your entire life You'll never reach it. And as you try to fulfill this need within you to, to be special, to be significant, people will praise you once in a while, but they'll tear you down too. People will give you a step up and then a stab in the back. There's no one on this planet that is ever going to help you fulfill this significance that is needed and the saddest thing is that when you give your life to Christ and you become born again, you are so filled with his presence, 
But until you recognize that and renew your mind to it and begin to live this out, you will literally, born again, spirit-filled Christians, just try to impress the Christians in your life now. And this desire, and Jesus said those who compare themselves to other people, they're just not wise. Because it shows that you haven't accepted the ultimate look at you. You haven't accepted who you are. And the only thing that will satisfy this stunning sense of need, of significance, is God's love. And that the designer designed you. He created you. When you begin to settle in on that, something changes in your life and you stop living your life trying to prove how good you are to yourself, to others, and you just know you are. You just know you are. And that peace now allows you to use the phenomenal giftedness that is in you to help Jesus with his church to help Jesus with his cause, to reach out to a planet that is trying so hard. Every person I talk to who's old, and I'll just use the word old, every person who gets old will tell me, where did the time go? Why did life go? I just feel like I've learned a few things. Why is life, why, why, why is youth wasted on the young? I've just learned some stuff. Man, if I had, uh, you know, now if I could, whoa, could I do some things? And this, this feeling of regret, it, it, it's not a cool feeling. But if we come to Jesus as we are, as messed up, as needy, as searching for who am I, what have I done, am I important, am I significant, am I special, and you begin to recognize how loved you are, that God let his son die in your place. Is there anything else that he would hold back? You're designed to live your life on this planet filled with the Spirit of God and moving in the gifts of God. You know that when you give your life to Christ and Holy Spirit comes in, Jesus in John chapter 4 and in John chapter 7 talks about two different things that would, that would take place in the life of a believer. In John 4, he is talking about the future in the, in the months ahead, he would go to the cross. And then when we would receive this sacrifice Jesus made, it said there would be a well of salvation, a spring, like an artesian well, blasting on the inside of you, that stayed inside of you, that ministered to you. And that, that well of salvation would minister peace, joy, significance, patience, faith, everything that was in Christ 
would be, that would be in this well of salvation, in this born-again experience. That it would just, and you could stir this well up. You, you could keep it flowing. You could draw water from the wells of salvation, an Old Testament prophecy says. Meaning that as you try to look for this significance through a spouse, through your teachers, through your kids, through your peers, through your friends, from yourself, and, and, and you just know there's more in you that you can't get, or you've accepted the lie that you're worthless, whatever goes on, this well of salvation was been designed to minister to you and grow you up and mature you till you're the devil's worst nightmare, till you're something that walks the planet with such joy and with such peace that there's a supernatural flow of God on your life. Paul, when he was talking about this, he said that Christ will lead you in a continual triumphant procession. You'll win every battle. And then the next verse he says there, he says that, and you will cause the fragrance of Jesus to waft everywhere you go. Now, it's not a real physical smell. He's trying to explain the craving that people who don't know who they are yet or who think they know who they are and, and, and there's a neediness on the inside. There is this sensing of the presence and the spirit of God and it says to one it's the fragrance of death. To people who reject Jesus there is this gut knowing this is wrong but to the other it is life that rises up on the inside of you and a joy and the sweet wonderful powerful sense that God is with me that God is with me the cross took all of the promises that the old covenant had and it added some new ones the old covenant had no access to which was Forgiveness of sins, but a removal of sin. Whereas before they were covered up. It was the old you died. And you were given a brand new start. That when Jesus rose, if Jesus would have stayed in the tomb and he wouldn't have risen from the dead, we could have been forgiven, but we wouldn't have had any power to live. We would just be a forgiven, messed up person. Because he arose again and brought new life to you and I, the enemy's worst nightmare came true. He thought if he could deal with Jesus, he'd have this thing done. When Jesus appeared, he'd been watching for thousands of years to see if God's prophecy would come true, that the seed of this woman would be born one day and she will take away your headship. She will, his heel will bruise your head. Your leadership will be gone. Your ability will be gone to fool the people of God. And so he watched closely as Moses came along, Abraham came along. He thought maybe in the very beginning it was with Cain and Abel that it was Abel because God so responded to his sacrifice. And then Cain, uh, you know, killed him under the influence of the enemy. Over and over, was it Moses, was it Joshua, was it Elijah, was it Elisha, was it Hezekiah, was it David, was it, and it wasn't. They all died and were just human beings. But when Jesus was born onto this planet, there was this war cry that went through the, through the realms of hell. All hands on deck, he's here. And they tried to kill him. But Jesus said, no one takes my life in John 10 until I lay it down. And when he laid it down, he laid it down like a lamb. Looking like that's all he would be. But he rose up the king of kings. And Revelations chapter 1 shows us what he looks like. 
Now, this king is not the king of losers. He's not the king of sinners. He's not the king, meaning he's, he's the king of everything. But I want you to understand, he's the king of kings. Now, you think earthly kings, he's the king of them. But he's actually talking about the fact that when you get born again, all of the anointings of the Old Testament rolled into one become yours. You are a king and a priest and a prophet. Those three anointings were in the Old Testament and they're now upon you. You can prophesy your future. You can have access to the throne room of God anytime you want like a priest. And you are to rule and reign with him over your life as a king. He is the king of kings, of a race of kings, of a family of kings. And we all could look different and speak different languages and come from different continents. But we are all kings when we give our lives to Christ. And we are walking in authority on this planet. But the thing is that the church of Jesus Christ is that it's five fold ministry is to teach you who you are in Christ, what you can do in Christ. There's a big difference from being in the stands and being on the field when you go to a sporting event, isn't there? The problem is most people have put the Holy Spirit in the stands. Oh, thank God you're born again and he's with you. But you've kind of got him around you and with you. But you're not submitting to his very leading and allowing him to help you to move in supernatural power. Jesus talks in John 4 about this well of salvation that bursting and flowing on the inside you that is the answer to all loneliness, the answer to all doubt, shame, depression, the answer to all blues, the answer to everything that would attack the soul, the body. It's the answer to sickness. It's the answer to disease. It's the well that's on the inside of you ministering to the entire being. Now in John 7, he talks about something that gets you ready for service. Now this spirit wasn't going to stay inside of you like a well it was going to flow out of your inner man like rivers of living water. That means it's coming forth from you. It gives you your purpose as a believer. Your job is to reach out and, and show and share this Jesus with the people around you. I don't mean preach at them. I don't mean condemn them and judge them and, and be a weirdo. I mean your life should just be so filled with Christ that they can smell the fragrance. They can sense the peace, the joy that is upon you. And that is when and all of a sudden, people will want help. And as you speak to them, it's coming out of you like prophecy. In other words, you start sharing Jesus with a friend and he asks you a few questions and it just starts coming out of you. You go, and when you get done, you kind of go, dang, I was good. <laughs> See, everyone's felt and sensed that. You'll be amazed how a simple prayer with someone who's needy and the power of God will begin to flow in their life because he's flowing out of you like rivers. He's supposed to go meet the needs of the people. This world will not know joy and peace until the church takes its place and becomes salt and light. Every country has got believers in them. And those believers, as they take their place, it, it, it shows all the hungry who are, who are looking and wondering and, and, and trying to figure out what's this life all about. They begin to sense something different on believers because of what Jesus did. And I've got to ask you a question. Where is Holy Spirit in your life? Is he just one of the fans you're hoping is clapping as you continue to work with your own mental acumen and your own physical giftedness and, and all the things that you can do? Or are you filled with the Spirit? Are you staying full of the Spirit?
The Bible talks about these two things that Holy Spirit does in your life. When you ask him to come in, he, you become born again. You literally, your spirit man, which has been empty of his presence, comes alive as he lives within you. But now you've been designed to flow. All these giftedness. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, it says there that everyone has been given charisma in the Greek. What that means is that you have these grace gifts. No one is left out. When you, when, when you go it linearly through with all the Greek, there is not one person on the planet that when they give their life to Christ and His grace comes into your life, His grace gifts. And it's not just the nine gifts of the Spirit, but this ability to change, to crave, to, to know Him, to have power over sin and loneliness and in this, this trying to prove yourself to everybody, this confidence that only comes from Him and the nine gifts of the Spirit, which causes you to bring healing and, and knowledge and wisdom to situations and miracles they're all in you nobody is left out the problem with our church today is we try to make our pastors our heroes and they should and 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 they can lay hands and they can pray and God can speak through them and God can show them stuff but they're actually not supposed to be the ones ministering to people they're the coaches training the team you don't go to a football game and see the coaches on the field Some of them haven't seen their shoes in years. They couldn't run 10 meters. But they're gifted to coach. And the incredible gifted players that they have, they, and that's like the body of Christ. When we use the word church, we don't mean a building. We mean the ecclesia, the called out ones who have chosen Christ. Within you are gifts and abilities that Holy Spirit placed upon you. It is a gift. You can't earn it. You can't make it work. You'll never be clean enough or perfect enough to operate. You just start now. Just share your testimony. Let people know. Live this life so filled with the Spirit that people can sense the fragrance of God. If people can't sense the fragrance of God around you, then you need to ramp it up. I don't mean be weird. I just mean there's a, there's a presence about knowing him that people can sense the confidence. And, and they do already. Many of you just don't realize that. I remember sitting at a restaurant having a cup of coffee and this complete stranger who was a bodybuilder, a huge man, walks over to my table and looks at me and goes, stands right against me. I'm stronger than you. I went, my cup of coffee in one hand, I went, cool, cool. And I hoped he was going to go away because I could see he was a little bit out of it in a way. And he puts his finger in my face again and he says, I'm tougher than you. I said, dude, I'm happy for you. That's cool. That's cool. And he stands, looks at me, he goes, but you've got something I don't have. There's a power about you that I don't have. I said, sit down, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> so this man sat down and I said, it's not me. You're not sensing me. Dude, look at you. You can lift more than me. You're stronger than me. You're probably tougher than me. But the power that I know is because of Jesus Christ. And he says, well, can I have that? So let me explain it to you. It's not just a power, it's a person. 
over the course of the next 30 minutes to an hour, I shared with him this Jesus and what he does to a full-grown man. I remember as a young teenager, I think it was 18 or 19 years old, my dad in his church was having us pass out invitations to a concert we were having that, you know, it was a very kind of a soul winning, open to the whole, everybody come and check out great music and get a chance to give their lives to Christ. And I'm walking through one of the worst areas of the city. And as I'm walking through there, um, I walk up to these guys and I just hand them each a leaflet, just talking about the, con- the concert. And uh, they looked at it and then they all got up and got around me in a circle. The leader kind of grabbed it and scrunched it up and threw it on my at my feet and he goes oh really so who is this Jesus I said he's my friend I said he's my God he's he's my Lord really he's your friend I said yeah he said some friend you see these are my friends he says and me my friends we're gonna kick the beep 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 out of you you guys know what beep means in the video <laughs> I laughed. It's amazing the confidence God can bring into your life. Because it was a bad situation. (laughs) You don't laugh on a bad street with a group of four or five guys around you. But I laughed. And he said, my Jesus, what's he going to do? I said, the Bible says that around us right now are angels in the spirit realm. That'll stop you. Or he'll give me the power to take all five of you. He looked at me and he goes, what kind of Christian are you? I said, I'm actually the real one, the real kind. And I said, you want to hear about it? And he goes, yeah. And they had, there's a fence behind the sidewalk there. And they all sat down. And I just started sharing with them this Jesus and what he does to a human being, how he changes us, how that you become another man. And this another man, this other woman, walks in the peace, the identity, the joy, the confidence that you'll never have on your own. See, confidence, you can put it on for a while to secure the business deal. But the people who live with you and know you will see you when it all cracks and crumbles. But this confidence, this strength, this faith comes from him. And he makes women more of a woman in his presence. He makes a man more of a man in his presence. The way he's made you isn't just natural, but the supernatural presence of God comes upon your life, and then you get the gifts of the Spirit. And and I don't just mean the nine gifts. Those are stunning and phenomenal. I just mean something goes on in you. And as you begin to know Jesus and spend time in his word, something should change about you. There should be a confidence that makes you get up and walk. The Bible says that when they heard the disciples who were unlearned speak, they knew they had been with Jesus. Why? Because that same calm and peace, that same fragrance, that's the only word you can put to it. What was it? Well, I don't know. For one person, it might be the peace and the joy and the smile in the midst of depressing circumstances. To another, it might be the confidence and the steely look in a person's eye that isn't just a look. It's the presence of God coming out. I don't know. Other than this fragrance of God can manifest itself in so many ways. And when grace touches your life, it's never silent. It always speaks and it always manifests. Whenever God's grace comes into your life, something begins to change in you, and it rises up, and it flows through your life. I remember a friend of mine, Al, 
We played basketball together and uh, close friends. He was so shy that if he even looked at a girl, he'd turn beet red and stutter. And he could never really talk. He'd, he'd like to just kind of be in the background of everything. There was just, literally, he would tell you, there was just no confidence. And I'll never forget the day he made a decision for Christ. He was filled with the Spirit. And from that point on, something happened to him. He began to laugh and talk. He was confident. Uh, he met a beautiful woman. They, gave, they, they got married and had a child. Everything about his life just changed. I've seen others that when they were, were born again and then filled with the Spirit, that something took place in their lives. And people go, who is that guy? He was just kind of like, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's, yeah, and look at it right in the eye. And something was different about them. And it wasn't put on. You can learn techniques to look away, but you can't be it. I just want to say to you today, in my little bit of time that I've got, this Jesus has turned you into another man if you've given your life to him. This Jesus has turned you into another woman. You are royalty. You are special. An incredible price has been paid for you. Stop letting your dad decide who you are. Your uncle, woohoo, decide who you are. Your whatever teacher that said you're the least likely to succeed. Your marks in school don't determine how smart you are or how great you are. This entire reliance on the presence of God will take you and around you should be the fragrance or if you want to put the force field, the sensing, the knowing of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You don't have to fake it, act it, push it, or do anything with it. You just continue to know this Jesus and business will change and health will change. Relationships will change. Everything in your world changes because his grace which speaks, his grace which manifests, his grace which begins to flow and grow and it becomes manifold, multifaceted in every area of your life. It begins to flow and you can only look to God and know that it's because of what Jesus has done. That there's a race of kings on the planet today. And let's be who we are. Let's just love, stay in love with that Jesus. And you're going to be amazed. You're going to be amazed. At the changes that take place in you. Believe it. Worship and praise team is going to come back and, and just sing a special number. And then I'm going to come back and finish my message and I'm going to ask you a question when I come back. Do you know this Jesus? Are you ready for this miracle? Would you like to receive him? And there are so many that maybe you've given your life to him. But no real experience of this grace, this giftedness. It's on everybody. And it's time for you to say, all right, Jesus, I'm stepping out of my safety net I'm stepping out of this box, and I want to know you, and I want to walk in your presence and your blessing. Because Easter, the cross, the empty tomb, it wasn't about heaven. Yes, thank God we can get there. It was about us people on the planet becoming brand new people, becoming someone forgiven, blessed, ready to be used by God. And the gifts upon every person are to be seen on this planet and change countries and cities and relationships until the world is hungry 
for the Jesus they've never heard about. We can't see the things we've seen and heard the things we've heard today without Holy Spirit challenging us. For those that are here today that have maybe never heard about Jesus in this way, religion has a way of turning us all off. But a real relationship with Christ is something all of us crave. And I'm going to lead everybody in a prayer that I prayed at one time in my life and others here have of just giving Jesus permission to come into my life and help me become that other man, that other woman that I've always wanted to be. And for those that are here that aren't sure, you might say, Leon, I was raised by Christian parents. I went to church. Cool, cool, and cool. But no one can make this decision for you except you. And if you're not sure, then this is for you as well. With every head bowed, and before I lead you in this prayer, if, if you're saying, please include me, Leon, today, I'm giving my life to Christ. But just you folks all over the auditorium, open your eyes and just give me a wave till I see your hand. Put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you. Others, thank you. Just going to sweep this way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Coming to the center over here. Just give me a quick wave. Thank you over there. Thank you, ushers, for helping me. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all of us together thank you. Let's all of us together pray this prayer out loud with these amazing folks that God's been speaking to today. Let's all of us pray this prayer. Let me lead you in it. Just say, dear God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus who took my place in everything evil everything negative everything defeated and he gave me his life so Jesus come into my heart from today and on I'm following you show me how in Jesus name amen welcome to the family of God that's how powerful how beautiful that is